insolence. They were aggressive. They were mean. That was their cultural mentality. You look at the 85 Miami Dolphins with uh, Dan Marino. They were about precision, offense, scoring a lot of points, outscoring the opposition. Didn't play much defense, but they were an offensive team. Everything fell in place. When they would go to draft new players, they wanted speed. They wanted offensive players who could fit their culture. It's the same with Christians. We have to say, before we plug in the pieces, we have to understand our mission statement. What is it that we are called to do? We have to know their general, overall, overarching perspective before we can fill in the various pieces. Before we get to prayer, we have to know who we're praying to and why and what prayer can accomplish. We have to know the big picture. Before we get to fasting, we have to know why it's being called upon, what it can achieve. Before we get to deliverance, we have to know how to stay delivered. The easiest thing in the world is to have God remove something from you that you are burdened with. That's easy. That can be done at the snap of a finger. What's difficult is staying delivered. It's like the man or woman who wants to lose weight. They have a target in their mind, I want to get to 185 pounds. I want to get to 160 pounds. I want to get to 140 pounds. And then they achieve that result, think they've accomplished something, and what happens? A week, a month later, it goes back up. Hitting the weight is not the difficult part. Maintaining the weight over time is the difficult part. Maintaining as a Christian is the difficult part. How do we do that? What is our overarching mission statement? What should we always at all times focus on? It's a simple message. It's very direct. But it's essential for everything else. And the message comes from the fifth book of Moses, the Pentateuch. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 2 through 5. Those who have their Bibles and want to read along are encouraged to do so. Deuteronomy, sign of age. You have to take your glasses off to read. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 2. The last six words of verse 2. That thy days may be prolonged. I am tired of going to churches and seeing everyone in a state of disrepair, broken down, and professing that they are following Christ. People constantly, pastors of different churches, going to funerals. Every weekend, somebody is dying. Death is going to come upon us all. But it need not come as quickly as it has been. That thy days may be prolonged. Think about it. God is saying to you, your relationship with your wife, with your husband, 
with your child can be a good one. Your days can be prolonged. You can watch your children grow, go to college, get married, walk in their ministry, and have a good life. And you, at the end of your life, will die peacefully. Peacefully. Your days can be prolonged. How does this happen? Verse 3. This is Moses talking to the children of Israel. Hear, therefore, O Israel. Yes, he's talking to Israel, but through Christ, this is a word for us. And observe to do it. Moses is saying, verse 3, Hear, therefore, O Israel, talking to us as well, and observe to do it. This is the mission statement as given from God to Moses, to the children of Israel, in turn to us. Hear, Peak Community Church, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily. Addictions, starvation, suicide, depression, homelessness, loss of jobs, war, disease are all around us. But here, Peak Community Church, and observe to do it, that you may be different, that you may have a different experience than those around you that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily. Not just pay the bills on the table. Not just drive a car that's beaten down and broken up. That it may be well with thee, that ye may increase mightily. It is possible, by following the word, that you will have so much that you don't know what to do with. Someone you hear needs a car. It is possible that you will have so many cars, you just toss the keys to them. You'll hear of someone who is homeless. You have an extra home that you don't need. The extra home is actually a burden. It's too much to clean. You can't clean your main house, your vacation house, and then your West Coast house, then your house overseas. It's too much for you. You hear of somebody who's homeless and what do you do? You can stay at my house for as long as you want. You have boats. I spoke. A boat is small. You have ships. You have more than one ship. You can sell a ship for a million, two million dollars, easily. Think outside the box. We have been told over and over again to think according to the word, the world, but we need to think according to the word. God is saying what? That ye may increase mightily. God is not going to give you something that you have to budget. God is not going to give you something that you have to think about it. You will never have to balance your checkbook again. You can buy anything you want knowing the money's in the bank. That's what we're talking about. Let's continue reading. As the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. 
abundance. This is not just a word. It's a covenant that God made with the children of Israel and through Jesus Christ made with us, the Peak Community Church. Here, not just here, but observe to do it. This is powerful. This is overarching. Your days will be prolonged. You will increase mightily. You will have according to the covenant that was originally given to the children of Israel way back in the beginning. Verse 5, and it brings it all together. A simple message, but a powerful message. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. It's very simple, but we have to have this message on our eyes as our eyes closed. As you read later in Deuteronomy, Moses said, have it on your doorposts of your house. Teach it to your children. Do not, as you walk, the frontlets of your eyes, when your eyes are closed, see this word. Understand this word. Let this word be ingrained in your mind that at all times you will hear and observe to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Why did God not say with thy heart? Why does he say with all thine heart? Why does he not say with thy soul? Why does he say with all thy soul and with all thy might? Because when we walk in the real world, we will hear and we will experience things of this world. But we need not, we ought not, we must not take those things into our heart. We must walk through and not be affected by. We must see, and our job as Christians is not to be affected by this community, the depression, the addiction, the homelessness. We're not to be affected by that. Our job is to yield ourselves to the Most High so that the community is affected by us. When we walk through, you don't feel the evil, the anger, the depression. When we walk through, those around us ought to feel the love, the presence, the glory of the Most High. We need to be full of God so that God is not contained within us, that God is radiating through us and is affecting everyone at our jobs. When we go to stop and shop, everyone on the line notices that person is different. When we go to the movies, it's dark, but there's a light in one seat that's shining throughout the entire movie. When our kids want to act up, our spirit is that of God. They can't go but so far. We need to be used by God because we are containing his spirit completely. But we need understand when God says, with all thy soul, what does he mean? What does it mean to love God with all thy soul? What I do, 
And what I would suggest you do as well, it will help tremendously, is go back to the original language when you come to a passage that strikes you as being significant to the moment you're in. You're reading the Bible as you should continuously to be fed by God. You come to the word soul and you do a word search. In the original Hebrew, what did it mean? I want to understand the ins and outs, the nuances of the word. So you look up the word, and the word in Hebrew was nephesh. Those who want to write it down to check it out, it's N-E-P-H-E-S-H. And translated, it means this. The soul, life, person, appetite, mind, desire, emotion, passion, the inner being of a man, the seat of appetites, the seat of emotions, the seat of passions, the activity of the mind, the will of a man, the character of a man. When God says, love me with all thy soul, he is saying, your appetite ought to be for me. Your emotion has to be for a connection to me. Your passion has to be for me. The activity of your mind, that which you think of, that which you dwell on, must be of me. Your character, that which you are, must be of me. I recall... Over the course of my life, people often said, well, that's just who I am. Making excuses for the things they would do, the things they would say, the things they would think. That's just who I am. But who you are can change. Who you are ought to change. There are three stages to the essential Christian walk. For everyone other than Christ, there are three stages. The first stage is being in sin. That's the first stage of the Christian walk, being in the state of sin. The second stage, for whatever reason, whatever purpose, however it happens, for each and every one of us is different, we come to a point in time where we want to give up that sinful state, we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We want to couple with, to marry, to follow in the teaching of Christ, to give up sin, and we believe that Christ has risen, and we choose from that moment to be Christian. We choose to give up. We give our lives over to Christ. That is a very important, necessary step. But after that, Come step three. Step three is the process that we continually go through. When God says all of your emotions, all of your thoughts, your passions need to be of me, your soul has to be completely mine, your heart has to be completely mine, that's a process because once you accept Christ, you still have some issues to work out. For example, look at Abram in Genesis 
chapter 12, verse 5. God loved Abram. We know the story, loved him so much, gave him children. His name changed from Abram to Abraham, gave him land. We know the story, but Abram, being a man of God, being loved by God, still had his own issues to work out. When he was called out of Haran, what did he do? He brought and look up the word in Genesis 12:5. It's the same word we find in Deuteronomy. Abram bought all of the souls that he had acquired in Haran. He brought those souls with him on his journey. God said, leave your family and everything behind. Abram was obedient and did walk to an unknown place, believing that God would provide, but he brought souls with him. Nephesh, when you look up souls in that, pat, in that verse, you look up souls in Deuteronomy, it's the exact same word. Passions, appetites, desires that were acquired in Haran, Abram brought with him, and as a result, Lot went through. Lot shouldn't have been there. Lot went through some issues. He had issues with not having enough land for his cattle and Lot's cattle. His wife was brought into a unpleasant situation because of what he did, the fear he brought. He was afraid. He did not understand that God had brought him into the promised land, but he looked toward what he thought was a good place to be, where there were other men who could provide. He did not trust for God's provision. He was brought away, he had difficulties, and he was brought back. That's what we often do. We have issues within us, fear that keeps us from going where God has called us to be. If we give up that fear, that leaves room for God to place more of his spirit within us. If we get rid of that soul tie, that experience from our past with that old boyfriend or that ex-husband that holds us back and drags us down, that's a burden. That's a, a issue that we have to give over to God to make room for more of his presence to fill us. The issues of our childhood, the uh, abuse we suffered, the wrong we experience on our jobs, all of that, those activities of our mind, that fills up space that should be filled up by the presence of the Most High. So what we have to do is go through the world, but not let the world affect us. And those affectations that are within us, we have to give up. We have to say and mean and purposefully intend at some point that I am going to be cleansed, that everything in me that hinders God pouring his anointing upon me completely, I want to give that up. That's a overarching message. There are a lot of issues that will follow, but from the beginning, we have to go through life completely empty such that God will fill us. 
how do we know that this message was purposed for today? Um, look at uh, the song we sang, the third song. We're about to see these slide. Here we go. I had nothing to do. I can't sing. <laughs> I will never be a part of the praise team. But it was confirmation that God wants to drive home this message. Just look. The exact thing that God gave me to say, he gave the praise team to say. So what can I say and what can I do but offer this heart, O oh God, completely to you? It's the exact same message. God wants your heart completely, completely. And what I would ask today is that you search your minds, search your heart. Anything you find in your heart that you feel may keep you from truly being open to God, pouring himself into you, let's give it up. If there's anything in your heart, be it with regard to another person, be it animosity toward your job situation, be it a sense of fear over something you're going through in your life currently, whatever it is, today, this moment, no. God has purposed for it to be gone. All you have to do is stand and it will be loosed, released from you. Any addiction, right now, you need not leave with. Any depression you have over any issue, you need not leave with. Any uncertainty you have can be removed and be replaced with the clarity of the Most High. All you have to do at this point is know. You stand and God does everything else. You stand and God will cleanse you, will heal you. If there's anything you deal with medically and you want it gone, you want it restored, you want to be made whole, know that if you stand, God will cleanse you, remove anything, everything from you. So anyone at this time who wants to love God with all their heart, but know that they have to make room in their heart to get something out that is hindering them. Know that at this moment, all you have to do is come forward and you will be made whole. The message is done. It's time to be made whole if you are not and choose to be. So at this time, anyone who wishes to come forward and be made whole can come. Anyone who wishes to come forward and be made whole can come. God created man. God knows man. Every aspect of man. Your bones. The flesh of your body. The organs of your body. 
the situations you are in, the connections that are upon you, the blood that flows through your veins. God has created it all. God can restore you to the state of holiness, completeness. If you wish to be made whole, come forward.
Hallelujah. Um, I got, I got, I got a quick little testimony because um, that the word that was shared this morning, unbeknownst to uh, uh, Pastor Bass and 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 the worship team, the word that the Lord gave me this morning is, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would offer yourselves up." as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, as is your reasonable service, not being conformed unto this world, but being ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. And oftentimes we've got we've to kick some things out in order to bring his word and fill it in here. And there's the transformation that begins to take place. Garbage out. And the word in. Amen? And um, thank you for, for your obedience. And thank you for uh, rendering yourself available. Um, the word says to be ready in season and out of season. And uh, <laughs> after this little back injury on Wednesday, um, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to see how God has brought the teams and the people and how he's building this together in order to be able to accomplish the work that he has. This isn't about one person. This is about the body of Christ. This is about his sheep. Amen. So I just want to pray God's blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make, he, make his face shine towards you and give you peace. I bless you in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now go be the catalyst of change in your community. Amen? Amen. God bless you, family. Shadows of greatness, yeah, it's the story of a small town. We wore the colors of our favorite little letdowns. 